My name is Matt Tim. I'm the Chief Marketing and Revenue Officer at FFB. Uh, we're a True Blue Community Bank in Fresno, California. Um, my journey started um, in a series of tech pharma and market research startups. So, so living in Fresno, um, I, you know, as being an entrepreneur and an innovator, I always wanted to um, keep myself at the pace of uh, forward-thinking businesses that were um, just really really going wild in, in Fresno and you're thinking well Fresno and so actually we get a lot of people that come from Silicon Valley and they come to live because it's a lot less expensive to live in Fresno than it is in Palo Alto and Menlo Park and so uh, Steve Miller who's the president and CEO of, of Fresno First Bank at the time is now FFB Bank um, moved to Fresno and I, I noticed something really really quickly um, I noticed that he was a non, I would say he was a banker at heart. He went to Columbia, um, went over to Asia, built banks, focused really in the payment space, came back to Fresno, um, and it got hired at FFB Bank. And then when he came, when he came to Fresno, it, he was he was different than most CEOs. He was in banking. He was very very young. Uh, he's 49 today. Um, he, he's he was an accessible person. So, you know, what I started doing was was basically. Um, becoming an advocate for the bank and 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 then as I was doing my startups I would go to the bank and say hey would you guys fund me with you know something from uh, for for one of my startups and they always look at me and turn me away and say hey you're you know you're just you're just way too risky Matt so on the other side of that what I would do is say hey guess what I'm gonna bring customers to your bank and so uh, flip forward to uh, April of 2020 um, it's the start of the pandemic, uh, PPPs in full force, and Steve says, hey, guess what? Um, you with all your tech chops and being someone that's developed software since you were 16, uh, help us figure out how to do PPP and get us through PPP. And I said, Are you, you're, you gotta be crazy. Um, we, they were paper-based bank, PDFs, um, none of the tech and tools were in place. And so basically overnight, um, we went from, uh, you know, paper and PDFs to uh, customer onboarding, full digital. We use tools like DocFox, Monday, OneDrive. Um, we, we've got a good core. Um, and we were able to, uh, through PPP, to do $400 million in loans and about a, about 1,000 loans. So, um, so again, like, overnight, we were able to switch. And so... Awesome. And, and maybe before we dive in really quick, I'll give my, I'll give the, the 20 seconds on me. So I'm a partner in index ventures. I co-lead our FinTech team. I've been in and around the payments world for, uh, uh, nearly a decade now was worked at Stripe for about five years before I joined Index, and then uh, on the worked at Goldman and the private equity firm before that. So, you know, Matt's the real expert here on payments, but I, I've, I've dabbled, I've dabbled. Um, but let's let's get to the topic at hand. Um, everyone here wants to hear about FedNow. What does that mean for for how the banking ecosystem is going to change? So, so let's jump right into it. FedNow means that you and I can transact business with FedNow peer to peer, B to B. C to G, G to C, um, there aren't any barriers. If you look at the existing rails that exist right now, they're very, very clunky. Um, we've, we've been doing um, this type of transaction in, in Asia for years. And so when you look at that, it's, it's, it basically takes tech, um, people, and APIs to get that stuff done. And so FedNow is going to open up a whole new world for uh, smaller community banks that are just starting to think about it. If you look at, you know, FFB, we're, we're an acquiring bank. So 
Um, there's one of 60, we're one of 60 in the United States that have an acquiring license for merchant and merchant sponsorship. So I think, you know, if you're looking at it and you're, and you're curious about it, um, it there's, a, there's a world of opportunity for you. Great. And, you know, the, the, I think historically the banking sector has been somewhat split in terms of uh, technological innovation. Some have been more forthcoming with it. Others maybe spend a little bit more time on kind of flight to quality, making sure everything was compliant. Uh, and Fed, that might change that. But I, I guess, how do, you, how do you kind of view the world where, where does this allow banks that may have historically been less tech forward to catch up to others that have been? So if you look at, so if you look at innovation and, and payments, 80% uh, still goes through ACH on payment rails, 90% of businesses still accept checks, and 80% of businesses still write checks going out. So when you look at it, it's, it's a direct connect. It, look at your accounting systems, look at business accounting systems, and look at banking accounting systems. It opens up a, 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 a brave new world. Great. And, and maybe could you give us some potentially sample use cases of how maybe whether it's clients of yours or people have asked you, what, what, what are some of the case studies or use cases that you might see? So specifically for us, um, being an acquiring bank, we sponsor 13 ISOs and a, and a couple super ISOs here in the U.S. And so for us, um, we'll have ISO partners come to us and say, hey, guess what? Um, we have you know 5,000 merchants and we want to get direct settlement across those merchants. And let's say that that vertical or, or inside that that merchant layer is restaurants so restaurants want to be paid out on that saturday or that sunday after that business on a saturday and so right now the way the rails work that doesn't happen right that gets paid out on monday so if you look at it it's 365 24 7 um and it and it just it, it changes the whole landscape of the way pay payments function yeah it's 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 interesting to kind of think through and in your mind does this quicken the pace of innovation going forward? Like, you know, the speed with which, whether it be banks, your clients of the banks, will, will iteration speed increase over time? So I would say that um, most banks have been focused on, on risk, safety, and soundness. Obviously, there's a lot going on. Look what happened on March 13th. Um, I decided March 13th we were going to switch from Fresno First Bank to FFB Bank. So crazy. Um, but it worked and it happened. Um, you know, I think again, it's going to rely on tech people and 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 thought leadership inside inside the organization to be able to do it. Now, there's there's a bunch of information. There's a ton of literature out there on how to do it. There's obviously early pilot banks out there that are that are exploring Fed now. Um, so if you're curious, you, you know, go go for it. And so we're in an age now where information is spreading quickly and there's a lot of a lot of things are hyped uh you know in today's market right ai is maybe the the most uh uh topical of that where do you see let's start with let's start with the hype cycle what's what hype is is sort of merit merited and what hype is what's overhyped right now in the context of what banks could use fed now innovative payment rails etc so it's funny that you say that so um I have this big thing with ChatGPT now. Like everyone comes to me and says, "Hey, will the bank use ChatGPT?" And I'm like, uh, "You know what? We we've got tools out there that can do this." Um, coming out of the market research space, there were 600 tools that literally did around the same thing. 
Um, I see a lot of stuff in banking with some similarities. Um, when, when someone comes to me and says, hey, we can help you with you know, all, your, um, all your digital account onboarding, again, business bank. So I said, can you truly help me with everything? Like you can do, you can do everything. And, and so um, I'll, I'll just say like with FedNow and bolt-on tools in an existing community bank, you can do a lot. I started out, we, we put together, um, we, we started out with a, a secure job form server, monday.com. Uh, we used a tool called DocFox. I don't know if you know Ryan Cannon from DocFox, but the, the team at DocFox is incredible. Um, they built us a custom layer for all our digital account onboarding, um, and, and it does everything. Like right now, we can do a business account in less than 90 minutes. Um, I, I know that doesn't seem like a short amount of time, but taking a bank that was going from paper and PDF to being able to have someone walk in and do an account, we basically send a text message and once they send that, once they go in, they put in their driver's license information, it does all the business search across all 50 states and, and then we're ready to go and we can even fund that account. And so um, as, as far as FedNow, I, I would just say that uh, there's, there's tons of opportunity for it and, and It'll be interesting because I think it'll be a slower adoption, but I think what you'll see is uh, it'll start chipping away at some of the other, other, and I won't say their names, but it'll start chipping away, and even at, even at our, our sponsor here, it'll start chipping away, right? And so it opens up the opportunity for, for smaller banks to be able to have a seat at the table to be able to do payments and do payments in a way that is really, really quick. You know, interestingly enough, you mentioned kind of the, the – what are the biggest blockers in the adoption of Fed now? You know, because on paper you kind of go, it makes sense. Everyone should adopt it, or, or for a variety of use cases. What, why do you think the rollout's going to be a little bit slower than some might anticipate? So I think the reason why they haven't adopted is because there hasn't been this constant innovation in community banks. Right? Community banks, com community banks go go away because market compression and no succession planning. Right? Like, like we operate off a of playbook. We operate off a of playbook every single day. Uh, we focus, you know, our, our big things that we're focusing, obviously, right now are, are on safety and soundness. But operationally, it's against, you know, executing a well-defined risk management process. Um, organizationally, it's performed the best to attract the, the best people out there. And then technologically, it's, a, it's around APIs. And so we've built our own middle API layer. I would say that, if you're curious about APIs and you know nothing about APIs, there are some really, really good partners out there that can help you um, develop those APIs. The, the good news is, is that they've probably already developed it. So for you to do that, to bolt it on, um, it's, it's, not that, it's not that challenging. And so maybe kind of jumping back into what's underappreciated. We talked a lot about what might be overhyped. What, what do you view as what, what's not getting enough love right now? So for me, uh, being, the, being a payments bank, it's, and, and this term has been overused, but it's an old school term. It's big data and data warehousing. So you can learn a lot about transaction histories, and you can learn a lot, a lot about a person around their bank, their bank account and the transactions. And so when I look at that from the merchant side, for us, um, what we're looking at is we've built, we've built a layer inside the bank that allows us to bring in that merchant data and then 
make that relationship sticky where we can offer them a DDA bank account, right? And so not only can we offer them a bank account, then we can offer, offer them a, um, a, a loan um, or any, any other opportunity, right? So for us, it's, it's around the data and the data layer. And I, and I think you know that's that's part that's not really be, being focused on. You you, you look traditionally at cores. Um, cores are still clunky. They're they're running on you know legacy operating systems and information systems. Um, having a computer science background, I look at it and say, wow, like there's a lot of stuff that you can do. Now now you don't want to mess with your core from like statements and transactional and in. Um, but if you want to build tools outside your core, there's there's a there's a ton of things that you're able to do. What about, is there much differentiation in your mind? How would you separate, you know, in the beginning you mentioned a variety of use cases, right? We're talking C to C, B to C, B to B. Could you kind of walk through the differences between each of those types of payments and, what, and how you're seeing the world change in each of those segments? So, so being an entrepreneur and small business owner before the bank, uh, how did I pay my? T how did I do make my tax payments? Well, if I wanted to pay for through credit card, right? How did how did that happen? That happened. I go on the website. I've got to go somewhere else. They're going to charge me ten to fifteen percent, and then I get routed to another middle layer, another layer, another layer. And every time you get routed through those layers, they're taking some some froth, you know, off the top, basically. So, you know, I'll see. I. I I'm hoping that I see um, that that frictionless transaction. Hey, Mark, I just just gave you a hundred dollars, and and you're like, thanks, Matt. Even now, when you do that, it's it's still it's still very clunky. My wife loves some tools where she can group and pay her friends, and I'm like, do you realize what that looks like on the back end? It's spaghetti, right? So um, I, I would just say that. There are, there are big opportunities. I recently had a company come to me and talk to me about um, cross-border cross fuel payments. And so if you look at like, the model of cross-border fuel payments, um, they're either paying in cash or they're delaying that payment for a certain amount of time. And so what if they could, when that fuel arrives, uh, they could have a transaction phone-to-phone. -phone, and then if they were to settle that transaction early, that... that that vendor may be able to pro provide that customer a discount, right? So it doesn't traditionally happen that way right now. So we, we've, we've sort of touched on a lot of archaic or older forms of payment methods that could be anything from wire transfers, ACH, I mean, help paper checks, credit cards. What, with FedNow, what is most at risk in your in your mind? If, if you had to walk through all of the old payment methods, what would you pick as the kind of the top method that might not be here 10 years from now? So so I would just say, I'll, kind of, I'll approach it from the bank side. So as an entrepreneur, I, and I heard the speaker this morning and it, it totally resonated with me, is I think about the end first and then I backtrack myself. So what, what, does, it need to, what does it need to look like and how am I going to get there? And so if you look at Fed now, it's really people, software, and, and documentation, right? It, it's not complicated to be able to do it. Um, now, again, it, depending on what core you're on, if you're on a top three, top five core, 
those cores already have uh, potential integrations into FedNow. I've seen some pilot uh, pilot banks um, already running, you know, running transactions. So I, I would just say that you know, start at start at what the goal is, which is the end. Like I want to implement this, and then what is it going to take to do it? So. And maybe kind of on the thread of, of what's at risk, what is going to see a boon with something like FedNow, when you think about, you know, my world, the, the fintech side of the world, does this lead, does this commoditize new fintech companies when you allow legacy financial institutions to sort of come up to pace? Or does that lead to more innovation on the fintech side of the world? Or is it a hybrid? Is it a hybrid of both? So I think it's a combination of both. Um, in the U.S., you're still going to need that middleman, which is... Um, that sponsorship bank. So even even in all fintechs, if they're doing payments in the U.S., they've got a bank behind them. So I don't know if you ever noticed the bottom and you see fintech X Y Z at the bottom of that. There's always a, there's always an acquiring bank. You may not see it. It may be in six seven point font, but there's always an acquiring bank. So as we as that continues to open up, there's there's a lot more um, advantage to it, and there's also a lot more opportunity for innovation. I I think what I will. I, I truly believe you'll see more innovation that comes out of FedNow just from the just from the standpoint of there will be a bunch of tools or middle layer that exist over the top of it, uh, and and it's and it's new business for those for those uh, founders and those startups. Great. Well, I know I think we have maybe a, a minute or two left here. So Matt, maybe I'm going to ask you a, a closeout question too. Um, you know, so in general, wh- what's your what's your best advice for folks? sitting in the audience right now with regards to fed now and what to expect and, and what should they do differently if anything so i would just stay i would just say f- be curious um i came to the banking into the banking world uh three years ago 25 years been developing software since i was 16 years old i'm 49 um i would just say think differently uh i've seen it from what what we're doing as a bank, you know, we were a sub four hundred million dollar bank. We're a single branch operation. We've gone full digital. We bank in thirty plus st- states. We do payments in forty states, and um, we went from four hundred four hundred million to sub uh, one billion four hundred million today. Um, and we went from forty people to one hundred and twenty people in less than three years. And so, I would just say that um, have a plan. And execute across that plan and be checking yourself every single day in what you're doing and so I would just say that there's a lot of opportunity right now for uh, community banks in general or banks in general if you look at um, what's gone on in the marketplace and also what's gone on in tech there's a lot of people out there that are, are highly qualified to to make an impact on your organization so you know I it starts with people and it starts with strong strong leaders and, and then you can get the tools together because a lot of that stuff exists right out there on on the show floor. Well, Matt, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. I'm sure everyone here appreciated it. And uh, thanks, everyone, for your time. Thanks, everyone.